0: You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, I'd like to begin this morning with a little word of preface, because it occurred to me, at least this last week, that there's something fundamental in the church that we don't talk about enough from the pulpit. At least I don't think I talk about it enough, that I make mention of it enough, that we simply assume it and pass over it, and don't say it explicitly. And so we want to say it as clear as possible, and it's this. The Bible is true. We believe, teach, and confess the veracity, that is, the truthfulness of the Holy Scriptures. We believe, teach, and confess that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. And because it is God's Word, and God cannot lie, that this book... The Bible is true. And we use three theological words to speak of these things. Inspired, inerrant, and infallible. Inspired means breathed out by God. Like Paul confessed to Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed. Inerrant means without error. And infallible means unable to err. Now for a long time, I think even at seminary, I couldn't get the difference between these two things, uh, inerrant and infallible. I think the way that helped me think of it was like this, that inerrancy has to do with the content of the scriptures, whereas infallibility has to do with the source of the scriptures. It's, it's possible for a human work to be inerrant without error. We could hear a report about how the Rockies game went yesterday, and that report could be inerrant. It could have, everything could be correct in it. But it is impossible for that to be infallible because it was written by a human being. And we humans can always err. But not so with the Scriptures. In fact, to make this confession absolutely clear, we confess the plenary and verbal inspiration of the Scriptures. Plenary meaning complete or whole, and verbal meaning the very words. That the Holy Spirit Himself moved the prophets and the apostles. To write the very words that they wrote. Now, the fact that the Bible is true makes a claim on us. It's the scriptures and the truth of the scriptures that tell us what we are to believe and what we are not to believe, what we are to teach and what we are not to teach, and what we are to do and not to do. In the church and in this congregation, And in your home and in your heart, the truth of the Scriptures should hold forth. They tell us, the Scriptures, tell us all that we need for faith, for believing, and for life, for living. Now, the wonder of this and the joy of the truthfulness of the Scriptures is that the Scriptures tell us of Jesus, his death and his resurrection, his love and is suffering all to save us sinners from God's wrath which is why the devil is always attacking this fundamental proposition that the bible is true i mean remember it was like this in the garden of eden the serpent comes to adam and eve with a questioning of god's word did god really say remember that and the devil continues to do the same thing today. He is on every side of us and in every way that he can manage questioning the truth of God's Word. And this happens for us in big ways and in small ways, within, with, with entire cultures and also as individuals. I mean, first, and, and we want to be able to see this for what it is, regarding the culture, you can recognize this in a lot of the big questions that we face in our day Uh, Maybe three of them are the biggest, at least that I see, uh, uh, creation and, and evolution, and the question about marriage, and the question about truth itself. So evolution, as an example, it, among other things, puts forth an alternative account of the beginning of the earth, the beginning of life, and the beginning of humanity, and it stands in contradiction to the teaching of the scriptures. So now we have these two ideas fighting with each other in our minds evolution and creation. Now, they can't both be true. I suppose they could both be wrong, but they can't both be true at the same time. The Bible says six days. Evolution says millions of years. And if you mix the two, which we are often tempted to do, and craft something called theistic evolution, where you say that all of these happened according to evolution just at the guidance of God's hand or his intervention here and there, then you have given up this basic point that the Bible This is what I'd like you to see in in the great debate about creation. It is a fight about the truthfulness of the scriptures. At least it's not less than that. And the same thing is true about the great debate about marriage and the sexual revolution of our day. The scriptures are clear about marriage and intimacy. The scriptures call the Christian to live a life of chastity, which means abstinence before marriage and fidelity in marriage. The scriptures define marriage as the lifelong procreative union of one man and a woman. Now, the culture has a different definition, a different truth. It wants to reshape marriage and sexuality and, and if we are human beings with compassion and love for our neighbor, or even if we just live in the culture, we feel the pressure here as well to capitulate or to go along with the culture, to make allowances for sexual sin of whatever sort. But again, I'd like you to see this for what it is. It is a fight about the truthfulness of the Bible. So we see in all of these great cultural battles the devil's work to undermine the Lord's word. If we start to think, for example, that it is okay for a couple to move in together before they're married, then we have stopped believing what the Bible says about marriage. The Bible's teaching about marriage and the Supreme Court of the United States teaching about marriage are different. And we come to this point again that they could both be wrong, but they cannot both be right so the devil puts the pressure on us with the culture to think the scriptures must be wrong or out of date or old-fashioned or whatever. And again, it's important for us to see what the real battle is. It is a a question of the truthfulness of the scriptures. Now there's maybe one more thing to mention when it comes to the culture's battle against the scriptures, and, and that is this that our own culture has a distinct distaste for truth. the ideology of tolerance is really the idea that that truth is an individual thing and not an absolute thing and If nothing can be true, then neither can the Bible be true so this great cultural idea of our own day that truth is unknowable stands. In direct contradiction to the fundamental point, which is simply, again, the Bible is true. Now, these are the cultural battles, at least the cultural battles that I see that we have to fight against today. This will change in 10 years, in 20 years. It'll be a different fight, a different battle. There will always be places where the culture will stand in contradiction to the Scripture. And so we have to be clear on these things that we believe and teach and confess what the Bible says. Now, how easy this is for you depends on a lot of different things. For some of you, you see the culture going to hell in a handbasket already. And so it's easy to throw it all out and to say, of course, it's wrong and contradicts the scripture. But for some of you, the battles are much closer to home. You have a professor who's lecturing to you on evolution every day. Or one of your grandsons has moved in with his girlfriend. And now you see the battle between what the culture says and what the Bible says is brought into our own families and into our own homes and into our own minds and all the way to our own heart. And this is really where the battle over the truth of the scripture really hits home. For each one of us, Every temptation to sin is a temptation to doubt God's word. We might be fine to confess creation or confess marriage, confess truth when it comes to these great cultural battles, but then the battle comes home to each one of us. And the scriptures are there standing against our own pride or our own anger or our own lust, or our own greed, or our own bad ideas, our wanting God to be different than He is, not as serious, or not as holy, or not as concerned with sin as the Scriptures say. So our own lives and our own thinking come into direct contradiction with the Scriptures. And when this happens, we are tempted to follow ourselves, our own ideas and our desires and our conclusions rather than what the Bible says. In the daily battle and the devil and our own sinful flesh, we are often swept away from the truth of the Scriptures and we're deceived, we are confused, or we are even complicit fighting against the Lord's Word. And all of this is the old temptation It was brought to your father, Adam, and to your mother, Eve, in the garden. Did God really say? So, first of all, we remember today that God did say. We have a God who speaks. We confess that the scriptures are God's word and that God's word is true. Like a pure and clean mirror, and I suppose this is the difficult part, the Scriptures show us sin. They show us our sin, the uncleanness that is in us. And if the Scriptures are true, then what they say about you and about me is true, that we are sinners, conceived and born in sin, that we are the enemies of God, good in us, And there is only one thing for us to do. Repent. The truth of the Scriptures, like a hammer, runs head on into our sinful flesh. And we are crushed. This is not the end. Because we confess the truth of the Scriptures... We are not only confessing the truth of God's law, the truth of the Ten Commandments, the true preaching of Moses, and the holiness of God that stands against our sinfulness. Also are confessing and clinging to the truth of the gospel. The truth of something so wonderful and blessed that we could not even imagine it on our own. This is what Jesus is talking about in the Gospel text from John chapter 15, the last verse. Jesus says, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about Me. You see, dear saints, that the Holy Spirit has inspired the prophets and the apostles to write the Scriptures in order to tell us of Christ. To preach to us Jesus, to reveal to us the hidden knowledge of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that is our life and is our hope. The Holy Spirit has inspired the Scriptures not only to show us our sin and to put us to death, to kill us, but also to raise us to newness of life, to forgive our sins, to save us and deliver us from sin and from death and from the devil. So we rejoice that the Scriptures are true because the Scriptures are true when it gives to us the promises of baptism and the Lord's Supper and the forgiveness of sins. The Bible is true when it establishes the church for the preaching of the grace and kindness of God. And the Bible is true, dear saints, when it tells you that God is not mad at you God is good and kind and merciful to you in Christ. The Bible is true when it tells you that the wrath of God will not consume you, but rather that His love has delivered you from the kingdom of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of the light of His Son, our dear Lord Jesus Christ. The devil fights this truth most of all. In fact, I think all the devil's fighting of the truth of the Scripture is to cut you off from hearing this word of promise and mercy and joy. That the devil would corrode your trust in the Bible so that you would doubt it when God says that he loves you and that Christ died for you. But these things are true. The Bible, dear saints, is true. When it tells you that even now Jesus is preparing a place for you in heaven, that where he is you will be also. It is true that when it says that in this world we will have trouble, but that we should be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world. The Bible is true when it tells us that this world will be that this life in this world will be full of sorrow. And it is true when it tells us that death is a sleep. A blessing for all those who believe in Christ. And dear saints, the Bible is true when it promises to you that Jesus is coming again. That on that day all flesh will be raised and that those who trust in the Lord will enter into the resurrection of life that will have no end. The Bible is true when it tells us that Jesus was dying in your place that he was rising to give you that he blesses you. And dear saints, the Bible is true, and its truth and its promises stand as your hope and your confidence. The Bible is true when it hands you over to a life of faith and love for your neighbor and when it speaks to you of Christ, your friend. The truth of the Scripture, then, is our only foundation, and it is our joy and our peace given to us by the One who died for us, was raised for us, and ascended into heaven for us. May this be our comfort as the peace of God which passes all understanding, guards your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.